In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law and Order Marathon winner is Ashley Brumette of Oars Island, Maine. Ashley will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Lauren Vandermeer, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And this week we're looking at SVU Season 2, Episode 5, Baby Killer. He's old enough to know the difference between right and wrong. But not to understand the consequences of his actions. He brought a gun to school. He knew what he was doing. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for having me back to discuss such a lighthearted episode of this uh, Did you show. just start to say by say hello, Rebecca? I did. I did. <laughs> thank you. But thank you for having me back to discuss another lighthearted episode of oh, this Oh, it's so, yeah. Appreciate it, it. It's it's really uplifting. Yes. Now, rounding out our panel is our special guest for a really bad episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> From the Drinks with Death podcast, it's Lauren Vandermeer. Hello, Lauren. Hello. So excited to be here. <laughs> all of your uh, your fans know you as Lovin', so, but we're yes. just going to call you Lauren, if that's all right. You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> just don't call me Baby Killer. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. I uh, want to give a special note to our listeners that on Thursday, February 24th, it marks the return of Mothership Law & Order to <gasps> NBC. Uh, that's tomorrow night, by the way, if you're listening on the main feed. Uh, we're going to have a special review episode in all the feeds on the following Wednesday, so make sure you set your DVR. All right, so uh, your podcast, Lauren, Drinks with Death, mm-hmm. discusses all the strange ways you can die. Oh, mm-hmm. Death by icicle, yep. death by neckwear, yep. death by foam. What? Yep. Death yeah. by cotton. I got to ask, what's the stupidest way to die? Oh, Lord. Um, there's a lot of stupid ways to die. Is there one that just goes, you just go, ah, I'm really afraid of that one? I have a lot of fears now. You know what the the... the Biggest one um, that freaks everyone out is the Q-tip. What? Don't put a cotton swab in your ear. All the way in, you can kill yourself. You can get, it will fester there and grow and infect and rot a hole in your brain, in your skull. It is. Wait, have you done an episode about the neti pot yet? Because I am fascinated by that. (laughs) Because by the way, I love a neti pot. Like, I'm all about it. 
But I heard once about that like brain eating like parasite oh, mm, oh, that get into your yes. head because you, just because you had a stuffy nose and you wanted to get rid of it. Like that. Oh my God. My I'm nightmare. totally writing this down. So we might have to work this into death by brain eating amoeba, but totally going with the neti pot because I have had that thought and fear because I'm afraid of everything now um, is you've got to make sure you use the right water, right? Yeah. I still, I still, by the way, completely use my tap water. I'm sorry. I just can't I not. I mean, I'm not going to go buy a gallon of water because I have a stuffy nose. Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, are there any particularly memorable dispatches from SVU? Way that people have gone? Oh, gosh. Um, I think that um, there are several where people have taken something up the rear, and that sounds like oh, a really yeah. awful way to go. I don't know. I thought John Stamos getting blown up with a scuba knife filled with compressed <laughs> CO2. I thought that was pretty original. That was bad. That Yes, that is that is something new. I'll have to look into that one. <laughs> so, Lauren, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. I am going to just have to go classic with Briscoe and Green. Yeah. Mm. They just, you know, you can't beat them. Yes. Are you, not, are you turning to me because I'm going to say it? Say it. Because Green is... Gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. dreamy. He is. He is so gorgeous. Dreamy. He's gorgeous. <laughs> and can you tell us who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. I'm also going to have to go classic with McCoy and Kincaid. Yeah. And I have to say that I actually didn't realize that they were doing it Fucking until oh. I started listening to <laughs> These Are Their Stories. We're we're always educational. <laughs> I mean, I learned something new. I didn't realize it until Kevin told me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can't unsee it. You can't. It's everywhere. They so are, are you are you a fucking. shipper now for them? Are you a uh, what would we say a kinkoi? Kinkoi. A kinkoi. We're gonna Ooh. have a T-shirt a this week. Kinkoi. Yeah. McCade. McCade. <laughs> McCade. Oh, yeah. I don't think kinkoi is better. McCade. McCade. All right. If we're Flynn Voy, they're McCade. That's how it works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode, Special Victims Unit, Season 2, Episode 5, Baby Killer. Well, we start on poor Ms. Pavic patrolling morning recess, breaking up disputes over who gets the dodgeball, and being first responder when six-year-old Carly Jackson is shot in the playground. <sighs> the gunman, say that that way, the gunman <laughs> is a seven-year-old second grader. Mrs. Barrera, I'm, I'm sorry about the misunderstanding. Elias wasn't the one who was shot. Oh, thank God. He was the shooter. What? Sir, do you own a gun? No. Does your son have access to one? I don't know how. Elias Barrera says Carly was always trying to kiss him, and he admits shooting her. And so ends another four-minute episode of Law & Order <laughs> SVU. <laughs> oh, but wait. How did Elias get the gun? After school, he went to Mrs. Strada's off-the-books daycare menagerie, but she runs a tight ship. Elias's teacher shows Benson and Stabler a drawing he made of two stick figures shooting another stick figure wearing camo pants. Cabot pleads with her boss, Chief Assistant DA Charlie Phillips, to show compassion, but he tells Alex to throw the book at the child. Elliot and Olivia learn the gun Elias used was also used in the murder of a drug dealer named Shorty, who died wearing camo pants. A store owner says Shorty hung out with a guy named Sweetness, who took Elias for candy and just happens to be Mrs. Strada's great-grandson. 
When the detectives enter Sweetness's apartment, they find a trail of blood out the window and down the alley. That's where they find Sweetness with his throat slashed. With his dying breath, he says his attacker was... Mashidi? Mashiday? Matched it? Come on, Elliot! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, they start to pull out of Elias, like, what happened, right? Can you tell me what happened to Carly at recess? She fell down. What made her fall down? The gun. Elias, tell me who had the gun. I did. You know what? I think we should get a lawyer before we go okay, on. Sir, sir. And then the dad says... We should get a lawyer. Mm. Yes, you absolutely should get a lawyer. (laughs) They should have gotten a lawyer immediately. Yeah, Uh and get one with resting dick face. Yes. (laughs) Get that guy. That guy who's going to turn out to be a perv later. 100%, right? Yeah, obviously, when your kid kills somebody, I think you should probably not take your own legal advice, right? The worst part is when Elias' parents show up and his mom is like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. I'm like... It is not. No, you're about to get railroaded. It is not going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You shot somebody, A, and B, Elliot Stabler is about to question you. (laughs) Nothing about this is going to be okay. (laughs) That's what I said. I was like, why is Elliot interviewing this kid? Yeah, but he was actually nice. This is like the only time Elliot has ever talked to a brown person and actually been nice (laughs) in the history of the show. That was my observation. I'm like, is Elliot being kind to a shooter? On yeah. SVU, it's amazing. It reminds him of Dickie. You know, so he's like, I'm going to be nice to this kid. <laughs> my family. It could have been my kid. I will say there's a lot of little kids with attitude at this school. Oh, yes. Where did Elias get the gun? From his pants. Before that. Oh, no. I mean, they're just kids. Guess how kids are. I don't know if you know that, Kevin, but... That's literally how any kids are at Mm -hmm. any school. Have you ever been to a school? Second grade, though? Yes. Have you ever been to a school? Have you? What about the kid with the bouffant? And he had like the little milk, the dried milk in the corner of his mouth. (laughs) I love that. He's just like, what is that? She kissed him all the time. Hmm. What would he do when she kissed him? His face will get all red. I loved that kid. He was the best. (laughs) He was like somebody's nephew. Who they were like, we need a kid for this. It's bring your son to work day. Come on, kid. I really had hoped that he'd grown up to be somebody, but he didn't anyway. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, these kids, you know, they got such chewed. And I'm like, your classmate got shot at recess. I'd shut the fuck up, put my books away and get in line. (laughs) We're going to the library. We're not going to hear any bitching about it, okay? (laughs) You don't want to be next. You'd be like, whoa, God. (laughs) So their investigation takes them to a little old woman who lives in a shoe. Hmm. (laughs) Rudy, his body's stirred. Ma'am, are you responsible for every kid around here? Yes. They don't talk to strangers. They don't leave the courtyard without an adult. I take my job very seriously, young man. So her childcare policy seems to be sit in a recliner by the window and yell outside to kids if they <laughs> act up. Yes. She can oversee the courtyard. What's wrong? It's fine. Well, I will give her credit. She understood whose turn it was for the, uh, you know, the Razor scooter. <laughs> yes. So it's like, hey, you know, it's his turn now, so... High quality. High quality. <laughs> Listen, it was a systemic issue, as gets pointed out much later in the episode with no preamble. Uh, and this was the best that, you know, was available. And I will say she did seem to kind of be on the ball 
until we find out later that she sleeps through <laughs> most of her work. <laughs> People are murdered in her home. Correct. No idea. It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. It's cool. No problem. Yes, I'd definitely send my kids there. Didn't Munch are trying to track down those in Elias's orbit who own similar handguns. So they talked to Mrs. McCready, who's a nurse. She's the best. Yeah, when yes. she asked, when they asked to see her gun, she just pulls it out of the handbag, <laughs> pointed at him. The gun registered in your name is still in your possession. Yes, it is. Might we take a peek at it? Yes, I do. There. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put the gun down on the table. She's the best. Man, if there were 2022, she'd be dead in a, on that floor so fast. Right? <laughs> yeah. She is my favorite character in this entire episode because she's just being, she's like Finn back to Finn's face. Mm. Just like, I want a whole like spinoff sitcom, like a mod style sitcom <laughs> that is just Finn and her, Raina McCrary, like just trading one liners back and forth. Like they get married <laughs> move to a condo in Boca, and it's just the two of them, her in a caftan, and him in his ponytail, just like trading one-liners. It's incredible. Lauren, I did like the line where she said, You know, carrying a concealed weapon is a felony. I don't. I leave it here so the appliances can defend themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> in between her putting her lipstick on. Correct. Yeah. It's a very important scene. <laughs> and then her son comes out and he has all the lingo. It's like, are you friends with Elias? Yeah, he's the one who popped that little girl. I'm like, damn. Right? I know. It's like, <laughs> mm, problematic. Rain's, Rain's son is like, he's not like hanging out. He's nice with it, you know? Like, hey, word gets around. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a couple of, hey, it's that guy. Yeah, we do. Hey, it's that guy. Can you tell me the name of the actor playing Nikki Crow, a.k.a. Machete? Ooh, I, I can't. I don't know. I'm usually good at this. <laughs> 300,000 people practice Santeria in New York. They need to shop someplace they can trust. Rebecca, do you know? Yes, of course I know. That's Carlos Leon, a.k.a. Lourdes, Madonna's daughter's dad. Madonna's oh, baby daddy. What? Yeah. Yes, it's Madonna's daughter's Lourdes' dad, Carlos Leon, who was Madonna's fitness trainer, I believe, who she then got together with, this was post-Sean Penn, yeah. and had a kid with, and they were together for a little while, and then he became an actor. Yeah, that's right. He threw a hot dog down that hallway. <laughs> Whoa, how did I miss that one? <laughs> I mean, he, literally, he like comes on the screen, and I'm like, oh, that's uh, Madonna's boyfriend. I mean, that's literally... <laughs> well, good for you, because I don't think everybody would have got that. Seven Law & Order Universe appearances. I was appearances. in the 90s. That's how I know that. <laughs> yeah, he's the father of uh, Lourdes Wait, Leon. Seven? Seven. Seven, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, does he always play a bad guy? He always plays a bad guy, doesn't he? It's well, unfortunate. He probably always plays a bad guy. I don't know. I haven't seen all the ones that he's been in. Yeah, I'm ga- I guarantee I had, he always plays a bad guy. I did not notice that that's yeah. who that was. Yeah. Now, did he get these after he knocked up Madonna? Yes. Yeah. Did he start his... Okay. Pre-Madonna. So career move, yeah. He was Got literally okay. like a dancer slash like aerobics instructor or something uh-huh. like that. That's how they met. Yeah. Yeah. It's the natural progression you move to Law and Order after that. Correct. Yeah. And when she sang Papa Don't Preach, this is who she was no. talking about. Yeah. Really? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. So you've seen him in bit parts in Blue Bloods, Ugly Betty. His best acting job was smiling all the way through the premiere of Evita. <laughs> <laughs> she was fine in that movie. She did fine. Yeah. It's fine. It was fine. fine. I mean, she was no Patty Lapone, but it was fine. Yeah. Uh, so he also played Carlos Martinez, an inmate smothered to death by an evil prison nurse in Oz. Mm. Oz, which also starred 
Yeah, we know. Elliot Stabler. And who else? J.K. Simmons. Who played? Skoda. (laughs) (laughs) Do you recognize the actress playing Elias' mom? Yeah, it's Che Diaz, (laughs) a.k.a. Callie Torres, a.k.a. Sarah Ramirez. They gave this address, not a hospital. Is he... Please say he's alive. It's Sadam Ramirez. Uh, yes, as you know, uh, best known as Dr. Kelly Torres on 239 episodes of Grey's Anatomy, playing, as you said, Che uh, Diaz, the queer, non-binary, Mexican-Irish podcast host and Carrie's boss on the Sex in the City spinoff, and just like that. The most hated character in television history, maybe? Yeah. yeah. And also, I believe she had her start in the theater. I believe she did. A lot a lot, a lot of them did. Yes. Uh, Sandra, by the way, also came out as non-binary and uses they, them pronouns right now. Just like their character on the, uh, and just like that. Hmm. Uh, the show also has a, another former uh, Law & Order cast member who was dispatched by a Peloton. Oh. And oh. I, we're just going to leave it there at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So can you tell me the actress playing Ms. Pivik, the vice principal who was on the uh, the school playground? Poor Ms. Pivik. I ran to her, called for help, and then I saw Elias. Oh, I don't know. Her name is Lachans. One word, Lachans. Uh-huh. Uh, she was born Rhonda Lachans Sap, Tony Award winner for The Color Purple. Really? Yes. Oh. Rebecca knows her as the voice of Terpsichord in the Disney cartoon Hercules. No, I don't. Sure you just... <laughs> Never saw that cartoon. What are you talking about? Of course, you must have seen it. No, I haven't. We've got kids. Never saw it. <laughs> Our kids are like 20 and 21. What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> um, She was eight months pregnant when she lost her husband on 9-11. Oh, no. He was a oh. trader at Cantor Fitzgerald hmm. at the World Trade Center. She later sang Amazing Grace at the dedication of the 9-11 Museum in 2014. I bring it up because... This is such a happy episode. Oh, my God. Right. Yes. Way to bring the room down. You didn't do that thing, by the way, at the beginning of the episode where you're like, just a reminder, these are fictional children shooting fictional children. If that's distasteful to you, you might want to go on to a different episode. So thanks for that, Kevin. Now we're just laughing at dead fictional children. Appreciate it. I'm going to say to you and to Lauren and the person listening to this, if you're here this far, (laughs) you're all in. All right? No, no backing out now. We are laughing at dead Fictional children. <laughs> fictional I children. I didn't get my trigger warning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we've got several repeat offenders. Repeat offender. We see a Carolyn McCormick as yes. Olivette. Lover. Oh, yeah. He knows it was wrong, but at the time he pulled that trigger, he did not. Playing attorney Sorensen is resting dickface actor Josh Pace. Yes. The prisoners in their own home, the protesters, death threats, the media trying to sneak into the building. Jeffrey Dumun is Cabot's boss, Charlie Phillips. Boo. The law is not interpretive, counselor. It is to be very narrowly construed. He can be charged. Yeah. The homicide detective is Gene Canfield. We just saw him in the SVU episode Rotten. Mother swears by all known saints he wasn't a dealer. We think drug deal gone south. And back again is Sasha Toro as Rosario. She's best known as Backpack from Dora the Explorer. Ain't that right, Spud? (laughs) (laughs) Backpack, backpack. (laughs) Yum, 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 delicioso. Oh, my God. By the way, did you catch the uniformed cop at the end of the show? No. Best we can put together, he tried to join a group of kids playing ball. That actor is Tracy Howe. His IMDb page says he is the first actor to appear on all three Law & Order franchises. The first one. Ooh. 
Uh, yeah, the, yeah. I, he, obviously, he's wrong. Hmm. Uh, he got that <laughs> wrong. I, I so I ended up doing a deep dive trying to figure out who it would be, and I have determined that that actor is Jace Bertalk. He was on um, the first episode of Criminal Intent, first scene, and so he'd been on the other two. I'm going to give him the award. Yep. The first okay. regular characters to do it, Jesse L. Martin and George, uh, Jerry Orbach. Yep. You mean we got a nut job out there? You didn't hear from us, but yeah. Someone spiking tablets of Mesedron. Oh, really? I don't have the guts to call up Tracy Howe and tell him his IMDb page <laughs> is bullshit. Yeah, he probably has the $20 oh. a month one, though, where you can edit your own. Could be. Yeah. Could be. (laughs) By the way, I have two separate IMDb listings for myself that people set up. If anybody's got an account, I'd really like to merge those two. Okay. Maybe give a photo. It's kind of of embarrassing. Lastly, lastly, do you recognize the ballistics technician? Nope. Here's a side-by-side comparison. Same right twist, same right flings. That is David Jung, seven Law & Order Universe appearances. He is a former U.S. and World Air Guitar Champion. What? Yeah. Wow. Wait. Huh. Didn't know that a, was a thing. Is that a yeah. sport? <laughs> it's a contest where you do the best air guitar and you get points and And then accolades. you get a roll on Law and Order SVU after? Uh, yeah, apparently so. Huh. I'll tell you after. I have a lot of questions about that. Like, how, how does that work? I mean, what if you're off key? Like, yeah. how do you know you missed a note? With with your air guitar, <laughs> yes, you just fake it. I mean, the whole is thing it is an air judge. <laughs> yeah, you know they play the music and you just you know wiggle your fingers and go like this. It can get a little dicey because after he did his routine, he was banned for life from Good Morning America. Why? <laughs> what? I don't know. It was probably his air guitar was probably too raunchy. Huh? It was it was too too good. Too good. <laughs> too good. Yeah, yeah. George Stephanopoulos was intimidated by <laughs> his raw magnetism. Uh, his performance name is C Diddy. What? Yeah. Uh, he has a website where you can buy his C. Diddy merch. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of product endorsements, but he does recommend the Puds Scooper Disposable Pooper Scooper Bag System. Okay. This mm-hmm. is a very, very like specific character development arc of this actor. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, as soon as he uh, endorsed it, the, um, the Pooper Scooper people went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> So the trail for Shorty takes them to a Santeria shop. Mm. It's where people can get candles and live chickens for religious blood sacrifices. Yep. Like, I don't want to shit on anyone's religion, but who thinks it's creepy as fuck that 300,000 people in New York practice Santeria? It's like because it's they all watched that movie, that Mickey Rourke movie. Uh, Angel Heart? Angel Heart with uh, uh, Lisa Bonet. This was, like, very timely, right? All, I, was it timely? Was well, it, that movie was, came out like what in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. I don't know. I don't think we don't want to. We don't wanna, like like downplay. We don't want to like be mean to anybody's religion. That being said, that is an offshoot of Catholicism, which is in itself has its own creepy layers. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the live chickens. Yes, Monsignor Harrington never sacrificed a goat. Uh, Monsignor Harrington probably did a lot of other things <laughs> that are far worse than sacrificing <laughs> right. a goat. Oh no. Um, that being said, it is weird that there is a store for this. Like, well, Lauren, where are you going to get your chickens? <laughs> I, I mean, I know. I don't know. You got to go see. You got to go to Nikki, Nikki Crow. Crow. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Nikki Crow. By the way, I mean. 
as much as I want to be like respectful of people's faiths, with where with this goes with Nikki Crow, they do make it difficult with Santeria mm-hmm. in this episode to do a that. little bit. Yes. So this is Ice T's fourth episode as Finn here we are yep. in season two. He's underused. Yeah. By the way, he, this is yeah. back in the day when he was Ice Dash T, mm. not oh. Ice Space T as mm-hmm. he is today. Uh, he's gone Hollywood. Uh, those that was the time where they would dress him like a banker mm-hmm. with a yes. three piece suit, <laughs> so America take him could take him seriously as a sex crimes detective. But they still want to show that he is all knowing, all seeing when it comes to the street. So he gives all the other cops a lesson on the drug trade. Who's who? Mm-hmm. The guy right there in the corner. That's a steer. He brings the buyer to the money man. And him hanging back with a gold chain. That's the money man. He never touches the dope. Somewhere around here. He's the lookout. Sweet wisdom from Finn. <laughs> Is this the chase where the fruit guy catches the kid? Yeah, he runs right into the fruit guy. Oh my God. This is the kid that pretends to be Sammy Sosa? Yes. Another kid with attitude. <laughs> okay, yes. So that fruit guy, that like bodega owner, I'm afraid he's going to die. Oh. See, I thought the same thing. I was like, is this guy not a afraid of ratting these people out he snitches on everyone he does he's like in front of everybody on the street they're looking at him he's like oh that guy right there yeah he's like that guy right over there that i'm pointing at (laughs) right in front of you officer he deals drugs Mm -hmm. that one over there i think that guy killed someone (laughs) 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 like that is not a thing you do when you own a bodega that is next to the corner like you don't do that I would say that there are probably those uh, shop owners that think that if the drug dealers left the immediate area of their business, that things would be better. I'm sure. But there's also another way that they could be encouraged to leave the immediate vicinity. That is with a bullet in yeah, their face. Yeah, that'll do it. We, yeah. have, we have seen these drug dealers in action in other scenes in this show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. You should do like those creative techniques where they just like get on a loudspeaker and play classical music. And they just, <laughs> just walk off on their own. Yeah. <laughs> so Cabot does not want to prosecute a seven-year-old for murder. Yes. But her boss does. Yes. But you know as well as I do that the youngest they've ever convicted was 11. Yes, but that was pre-Columbine. Since then, there's been an epidemic of ever younger kids killing kids with no consequence. People are fed up with it. And you're bored of being the chief assistant DA. She accuses Chief ADA Charlie Phillips of leaning into the politics because he's going to run against DA Nora Lewin, Mm. we know from Mothership. By the way, think about this. If he had won... We'd never have Arthur Branch, mm. which isn't so bad, right? No. <laughs> True. This guy's a dick, though. Yep. He is a dick. Do you think he'd fire lesbians, though? Is this because I'm a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not, not a lesbian. Where did the first half end exactly? Uh, sweetness gets killed. Who did this to you? Who cut you, sweetness? Who cut you? What did he say? I think he said my shed, my shed day, my shed day. I think he said Masudi. Even yeah. I could tell he was saying machete, and he I was know, right? whispering yes. while stabbed. What is wrong with Elliot Stabler's hearing? Machete, machete, <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Chef Boyardee flavor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I wasn't thinking Antonio Estrada would be speaking Spanish. <laughs> so I didn't quite get the uh, Also, the by the way, uh, machete is also a word in English. Just <laughs> not, not, not machete. Machete. You have to say it right. <laughs> Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Benson and Stabler go to Cabot with a new interpretation of Elias's drawing. Look at the pants. They're both camouflaged. This is not Carly. This is Shorty. Meaning Elias witnessed this murder. When he drew this, he wasn't plotting out Carly Jackson's murder. This was a cry for help. He wanted somebody to know what he saw. Elias tells Stabler that he was hiding in the closet at Mrs. Strada's home when he saw a guy named Machete shoot Shorty. Sweetness hid the gun, but Elias took it because he didn't want Machete to kill him, too. The detectives narrowed down who Machete might be because the cops took names at a party that isn't quite explained, but we just go with it. <laughs> nope. Because it just, whatever the hell. Cragen wants Elias to return to the neighborhood and point out who Machete is. So wearing a creepy AF little pig's mask <laughs> over his face, <laughs> he gives the signal that Nikki Crow, the Santeria shop owner, is Machete. Surprise! Olivet <laughs> evaluates Elias's capacity to stand trial. The boy draws a picture of him burning in the fires of hell. He says he saw Machete outside the playground and was shooting the gun at him. Meanwhile, Phillips tricks Cabot at a press conference by giving her full authority over the case, putting her in a no-win situation politically. Using Olivet's favorable testimony as cover, Alex drops the charges against Elias. But just as the squad is about to celebrate with a drink, Cragen gets a plot twist. I mean, he gets a phone call. <laughs> Elias was gunned down in the street by a 10-year-old angry that a Latino boy got away with killing a black girl. Okay, so when Elliot asks Elias what he's doing with the drug money that Sweetness gives him, he says he's buying crayons. <laughs> Me and Sweetness, we talked. And he says he's got y'all hooked up and slinging for him. What do you do with all the money that he gives you? Oh, you buy games, new kicks, what? Crayons? <laughs> Look, either that kid's got a ton more crayons stashed someplace we can't see, or he needs a pay raise. <laughs> 
I mean, Elliot is the one who suggests he's buying crayons, right? The kid doesn't say he's buying. He says, I'm going to take this drug money and I'm getting the box of 64. <laughs> the one with the sharpener in the back. The 128, maybe. Yeah. I'll upgrade someday. It's got periwinkle and it's got raw sienna and wisteria. It's got uh, all the colors. God, God, God. First of all, his drawing, his camo skills and the plaid detail on that pillow were impeccable yeah. for a seven-year-old. But then when they go in to look at the couch... The couch is like blue with white dot. Not yeah. And he's like, cushions missing. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Yes. Yeah. I agree. He also. nailed the, the camp. By what kid uses the white crayon? <laughs> you know? He used it and it looked great. And then he had like this Harris tweed checker pattern that he put in the pillow. Used to muffle the gun. But yeah. And that. Yeah. I thought, I don't know about you guys, with the context of the playground shooting, I thought. He used a lunchbox to muffle the shot. You thought shot. that's what that was? I thought it was like oh. one of those like L.O. Bean like like, <laughs> like like insulated lunch bags. I'm like, man, that is some gangster shit. You get your mom to pack you like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you're like insulated lunch bag and you're like, I'm going to silence this shit with my lunchbox. That's what I thought was in the drawing. Put it right through the thermos. <laughs> right? It's like, I'm not eating the carrots, mom. Boom. <laughs> So to get him to identify Machete, and I love calling it Machete. Machete. They get the great idea to have him go door to door wearing a Halloween mask of one of the three pigs in a nightmare. Mm. Is it? Is this really going to help preserve his identity? Hmm, it'd be like, hmm, well, what other kid do I know working with the right? cops who might have used my gun in a separate shooting? Uh-huh. Who yeah. could that be? Also, is it Halloween? No, it's not Halloween. Did they say trick or treat? They're like, hey, uh, we're bringing this creepy little kid in. <laughs> Wearing a pig mask. From with, like 1900. Which, by the yes. way, with us, the pigs. With uh, the pigs. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Here's our little junior pig with us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're just going to have him squeeze our hand. I mean, it was ridiculous. The only yes. thing better, Lauren, would be if he was wearing a goat mask. <laughs> and they thought he was coming in for a for a sacrifice. What would have right? been really smart would have been that they had a very, very short cop and they had him sit on that short cop shoulders <laughs> with a coat around with a him. A trench coat. Yeah. It would be just three of them stacked up. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. to pretend. I mean, could they have done anything? Like maybe put him like in a wheelchair, pretend he was like a different person. They could have done a million things to disguise this little kid a little bit better. They had they didn't care about him at all. Nope. Not at all. Dory kid. He'll never know that you said anything until you have to testify against him in court. Yeah. But remember, kid, you have to live long enough to make it to trial, so eat your green beans. <laughs> you know what else I could have done? What? Walked around the neighborhood taking some pictures of the people and then just showing the kid the pictures. <laughs> He's, yeah, a photo array of everybody, and you already eliminated except for the last three people. That's right. <laughs> so we have a crossover. Making an appearance is longtime shrink Elizabeth Olivet. Yay! Olivet, up, gentle Olivet, up, Olivet, up, who's there not today? She asks Elias to draw a picture of what should happen to him. What's that? Hell. You think you're going to burn in hell for what you did? Yes. You are going straight to hell, young man. <laughs> <laughs> Not before drawing a picture of himself with a big O scared mouth. Ooh, I'm scared. I mean, did anyone else think that he drew a picture of Mr. Bill and it was <laughs> yes. just Mr. Bill in hell? <laughs> Kinda, yeah. It, it really was. Ooh. 
<laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm in hell. Ooh, I have a scared face. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. the always the O mouth scared face. Yeah, but and- very precise O's. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very, very precise little oval eyes and the little nose. I mean, he was very. Um, it's a very nice artist. What was sad was that she did say, "I hear you're a very good artist." And then we watch him draw that thing that is not very good at all. <laughs> I, I thought it was Artist pretty good. Artist subjective. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, at no point does Olivet say, no, you're not going to hell. She just lets it stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's going to hell. Yeah. yeah. Not gonna... looking good for you, kid. Oh. <laughs> I hope you have some shorts. <laughs> I hear it's hot there. <laughs> By the way, this is when we learned that Elias was actually shooting at Machete in the street when Carly got in the way. Yep. Stupid bitch. If she wasn't trying to kiss him, she'd still be alive. Yeah, yeah. Sexual harassment. Like, that's Carly. what you get for being a second grade nympho. <laughs> <laughs> this is fictional dead kids, everyone. Fictional. Fictional dead kids. Fictional dead children. <laughs> Just a reminder. <laughs> So the phone rings uh, as everyone in the squad is on their way for a celebratory drink. We're on our way to McMullen's. How about we buy a congratulatory drink? Sure. Great. And Finn says, Hey, Cap, you coming? And Cragen says, "Uh, No, I've been an alcoholic on this TV network for 12 years. (laughs) I am not joining you knuckleheads at the bar. So that call was that Elias was shot in the street. And the first thing I thought was, well, I guess Machete's going to walk now. Yeah, the first thing I thought was, Elias is going to find out if he goes to hell or not now, I guess. He knows. (laughs) (laughs) Fictional kids. Leave me alone. Can't kill a sister and just walk. Hey, come on, man. Leave me alone, man. I didn't do nothing, man. Cycle never ends, does it? Welcome to the Gaza Strip. The ending was depressing as hell. <laughs> Unnecessary. It was so, ugh. Un- yeah, that was. Necessary. Yeah, it really was. What do yeah. we It was get? just all wrapped up in a neat little bow at the end. Right. You mean a bloody little bow in the street. A bloody little yeah. bow. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> what about Elliot's statement at the end? His last line. The Gaza Strip line. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it seemed a little... I mean, I guess he's trying to make a comment about what? the cycle of violence. But, you know, uh, Jews and Palestinians, and it's like kids, like second graders of color right. is the... I don't right. know, yeah. It was, a re- it was a stretch. I'm sure for the year 2001, it was pretty progressive. Weird time, though, because this was like right after, during Clinton's presidency, right? This was like after. during a time of like weird... Like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, very strange. Unnecessary, strange, weird. I don't, weird. Unnecessary. Mm. Didn't like it. Also didn't like the <laughs> visual of a dead seven-year-old in the street. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am excited to see whether or not he goes to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Fictional kids. Fictional. Fictional kids. Fictional hell. You know what else is going to hell? Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. 
Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. Uh, I'm going to go to hell, It's I? time for a rip from the headlines. You think you know who did you it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the headlines. This episode is inspired by the death of six-year-old Kayla Rowland. Uh. The first grader went to school near Flint, Michigan. Among her classmates was a boy who'd been living in a drug house with his brother and uncle. He'd been getting in trouble in class for fighting, swearing and other aggressive behaviour. In February 2000, the boy tried to give Kayla a kiss, which she rebuffed. The following day, the boy came to school with a 32 caliber pistol tucked in his waistband. The child had found it beneath some blankets at his home. While the teacher was lining up students in the hallway, the boy approached Kayla in the classroom. He said, I don't like you, pulled the gun and shot Kayla in the chest. The girl looked at herself in a mirror before collapsing. A shocked nation asked how a six-year-old could kill another six-year-old in school. The boy's uncle spent two years in prison for involuntary manslaughter. Charges of child neglect against his mother were dismissed. Because of his age, prosecutors didn't charge the boy. Until the 2012 Sandy Hook massacre, Kayla Rowland was the youngest school shooting victim in the US. Her killer is the youngest school shooter in history. So, again, it's totally uplifting. Yeah, uh, right. The, <laughs> not fictional. The boy and his brother had been sleeping on the sofa at their uncle's home, which was described as a crack house where guns were traded for drugs. The dad was in prison, but the mom wasn't around because she was working two jobs to comply with Michigan's welfare to uh, work requirement. Uh, now, the charges were dismissed, but nonetheless, she was charged with child neglect. Uh, See, it feels like the damned if you stay home, mm-hmm. damned if you go to work okay. trap that single mothers face with that risk. No, no, no. So let's unpack this for a second. All right. In order to get social safety net assistance, mm-hmm. she was required to work. And probably reach a certain like income or hours limit. Hour, hours, usually like, it's like basis, an hours, right? Yeah. So she probably had to work like thirty or whatever hours a week in order to retain those hours that required her working two jobs. And because she wasn't making enough money, she probably couldn't afford childcare, right? So she had no other choice other than this, right? Yeah. So not just no. This was not damned if you do, damned if you don't. This was not happenstance. This was a situation that was created mm-hmm. by policies. This I hate it. I hate. I mean, this isn't not your fault, Kevin. But I do hate it. <laughs> well, I do most hate stuff it. is my fault. I so. do hate it when people say, "Oh, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't," or "Oh, this is just what." No, this was an intentional policy created so that people would continue to fail. Mm-hmm. This was a preventable tragedy. There are policies created to keep people down. This is one of those policies. The work to welfare thing is fucking bullshit. And this is exactly why. It's exactly why. I'm sorry. 
This is exactly why you can draw a straight line from this incident to that in a million different ways. That's how I feel about it. And, you know, aside from that, we have not made any progress on kids dying in schools Correct. and mm-hmm. killing right. each other. Yeah. Correct. We're still here. So, you know, aside from the welfare to work, yep, the gun violence, we're, we're in the exact same position we were when this episode came out, which was what, like? 2000. Do you remember the time when the school shooting was the lead story on the news? Every mm-hmm. time. And now it's like, it's like, it's like it's a 16 minute it's mark. Built, it's built, it's somewhere in the A block, but there's always mm-hmm. something above yes. it. Yeah. The last school shooting mm-hmm. story I saw and I tweeted about it was like at the 16 minute mark. In the NBC Nightly News, it was shocking. It was a busy to me. news day, though, Rebecca. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It was not. It was should. It should always be the top. Is now the it's Olympics just like, might have been yet another, yet oh, another, yeah. Yeah. yet another, yeah. yet another. It's, it's happened again, which is, is usually mm-hmm. the line Lester Holt starts unbelievable. with. Unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. This yeah. is just part of our lives now. It's unbelievable. It is. It's awful. Now the boy is now twenty eight. Uh, he had an arrest for home invasion at eighteen and was kicked off government assistance, but. Since then, he has a steady job, a young son, lives with his mother. Uh, Kayla's siblings say they forgive him. Kayla's father, not so much. Lauren, I say that kind of forgiveness is easier said than done. That's very hard. That would be a very hard thing to forgive. Forgiveness is not for the person you are giving it to. It is for, the, it is mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if the father has not forgiven him, then the father is, he needs to not forgive him, right? So that's the whole thing. Uh, the, the, kid, the guy, who the man now, mm-hmm. is, is doing what he can for himself and his family. He is doing that, and whether or not he's forgiven by this other man is not going to keep him from living his journey. This, this father... If not forgiving this guy helps him live his own life, then that is fine. That's what forgiveness is for. It's, yeah, not, the, it's not for the other person. It is for you. So like in the show, the shooter expressed himself through art. Mm. Uh, he made a drawing of a stick figure in a square house when he got taken in. And that drawing still hangs on the wall at the local police station. You can learn a lot by what kids draw. Uh, when we gave our daughter sidewalk chalk she made a kaleidoscope and flowers and when we gave the chalk to the boys <laughs> they drew a man peeing into a toilet true story the people were like different shot beep, 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 beep. it was like a long stream it true was story. Just, yeah it was a steady ass stream i think that's really why we're going to hell that's probably why we're going to hell <laughs> so that is going to do it for us we want to thank our guest lauren vandermeer lauren where can our listeners follow you online um we are on instagram and facebook drinks with death podcast and if you want to get in touch with me drinks with death podcast at gmail.com and rebecca lavoy how can listeners follow you i am on twitter and instagram at reb lavoy <laughs> and you can track me on twitter at kevin p flynn you can tweet to us at law and order pod or follow us on instagram at these are their stories podcast our newsreader was cy freighter our theme music was composed and performed by uncanny valleys content assistance from travis roy lily flynn handles promotions to get ad-free episodes of These Are The Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. 
These Other Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.